No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And we got my boy Wacko the Kid on the podcast today. How you feeling, man? Yeah, man, I'm feeling great. The kid that did, man. The kid that did? That's the new name, or has it been that? No, nah, that's that's when I came up out the coma. That was the first thing I said. I said my album name is The Kid That Did. I don't know. I was delirious, but that it just came to me. Wow. You know, you know, it's a common saying, but, you know, I think uh, Wacko the Kid, you know, is definitely the kid that did. Right, definitely. So, wait, how long were you in the coma for? Um, It was induced. Like right. they had me under because I had four surgeries or whatever. But, you know, when I was coming out of all the drugs and that, whatever they put me on, you know what I'm saying? The sedation or whatever. That was just, it was, yeah, it was a lot. But that was one of the first things that came to my mind. I said, whoa, the album name is The Kid That Did. Wow. So. Respect. I'll be looking out for it. So, okay. L- l- before we even get into how or where you came from or anything, let's just lay this whole situation out. So you were at the studio in North Hollywood, I believe the story was? Yeah. Hollywood. Okay. So just out of the studio, regular night. Yeah. Were you with anybody high profile or anybody who would attract an extra amount of attention or was no. it pretty low key? Pretty low key. Okay. And so then you get in the car at like what time? I want to say probably like 11 o'clock. And no, nothing out of the ordinary happened the whole time you're in the studio or anything? Completely mm-hmm. normal night? Completely normal night. Okay. And then you hop in the car and you drive... I don't know if you want to say, like, approximately where you live, but where you drive, like, 20 I mean, minutes the, the or something? news and TMZ and everyone blasted it, blasted my address everywhere, so that's not where I live anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but you drove, like, what, 20 minutes? 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. And so then you pull, was it, like, a driveway? Or, like, where are you pulling in when the shit starts to unfold? I pull into my uh, driveway, and uh, there was a car park, like, three, four houses down. Okay. And you know, like I'm from the streets. Like I double the block all the time. I'm I'm paranoid. I know you know what I'm saying. I'm looking in the rearview mirror when a car in law in, in Los Angeles is so packed. There's so many houses. You know, like if a car is parked three four houses down with their headlights on, like you don't think that. Like you don't think to. Right. You know. So um, it I, might it might spark a little something in your brain, but it's not going to be like oh that's. I'm thinking it's the neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't have any ops. I don't beef it with nobody. I, I you know I don't gangbang like none of that. Like all I do is provide for my people and put everybody I possibly can in position. Like I'm very open with, you know, I'm a really uh, genuine person. You know, so I'm not thinking nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. But I do have jewelry. And I am a high-profile person, especially in North Hollywood and in the Valley where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So I'm always paranoid. But, you know, three, four houses down doesn't – it's not written in the rules of the streets right. to double the block if there's a car in packed-ass North Hollywood. Right. You know? And so you had all your jewelry on? Yeah. How much, if you had to estimate? You Just have my on? one uh, – the the big Cuban with the 818 wacko. Okay. Shit weighed like 600 grams. Okay. So you were, had a significant amount of money on you. Yeah, basically. For sure. Right. And so wh- what is it? You pull into the parking lot? or I pull it- in the driveway of my house. Okay. Um, and I get out the car, and there wasn't really any talking. Like, the second I got out the car, uh, my engineer, my boy Caleb Perez, he opened the passenger seat car. Like, all right, so basically I get out the car, and I look, and they're running up tactical, like, crouched down with masks on with, like, two or three people pointed guns at me, right? So I'm automatically like, all right, yo, you know what I'm saying? I put my hands up. Y'all beat me to the draw. Like, I can't do nothing. Right. So um, my boy don't really know what's going on. He didn't really hear nothing because they was trying to keep it quiet. So when my boy opened the passenger seat, I think it just scared him, bro. Mm. And they just started opening fire, bro. And uh, 
Because that's the scenario we always think of is like, you know, if somebody ran up on me trying to rob me like that and I and I could just be like, here, yeah, take my shit. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the dream scenario of getting robbed. Like if you're able to just walk away from it, fuck it. Like, you know, I'll I'll forget about the chain. I'll try to never think about the shit again. We learn from these situations. Exactly. Right. There wasn't too much of. Too much conversation. It was like almost immediate because they didn't realize your boy was going to be getting out of the car. Yeah, I think they thought. And my boy is uh, the coolest kid in the world. He's just an audio engineer, you know. Okay. But they don't know what's going on. And they know the type of people I be with. And they know I have security. And they know that, you know what I'm saying? You have security at times? Absolutely. Like, they're my family. Okay. and, And close friends. But to the outside, you know what I'm saying, they look like security. Right. Like, I be with OGs. I don't I don't be with a lot of young people at all. My whole immediate crew is all 50 years old plus. Right. So, from the outside looking in, yeah, no, it looks like I be with security everywhere I go. Right. So, they, you know, they thinking, uh, they thinking they probably finna get shot at, you know? Right. So, they pretty much start, I don't know if you want to, you know, at... I know you have your own questions. I don't no. know if you want me to just keep going. Wherever you want to go with this, because, like, okay, they, they unload on you. Do you know how many bullets were shot? I got shot in the stomach. Okay. And then my immediate response was run around the hood of the car to the front of the car. And then I got shot in. All right, so detectives and the police, like, apparently they can't tell exactly what's what in that situation. So either one of the bullets in my stomach for sure came out my back. Mm. Um, and then we don't know if another one did that or the other bullet hole in my back was a shot itself. Right. So either way, so I have a bullet hole in my back and two in my stomach and four grazes on my arm that are all like, took like a good, you know, like a little top of the ice cream off, you know what I'm saying? So uh, basically, uh, I run around the hood of the car and my instinct was to climb under the hood so I couldn't get shot in the head. Right. That was like my automatic instinct. So, um, Basically, uh, at that point, the only real conversation was I was like, don't kill me over a chain. And they was like, give me your chain then. And the motherfucker ripped at it as hard as he could. And it's a 20 millimeter Cuban and it weighs 600 grams. So it's it's tough to break the the link. Exactly. Um, But I was kind of like, I didn't really know what the fuck was going on. So um, they take off running. And I didn't know. At the time, I thought they got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember unlinking it after he did that. I remember unlinking it, but I don't know what happened after that. I, ru- I run to the front of the driveway, and I called 911 myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember uh, getting on the phone, and I just felt a giant squirt of blood come out of my back. And I, like, kind of collapsed, and I'm laying on my back, calling the uh, calling the police uh-huh. and uh, or calling the ambulance, whatever it is. And them motherfuckers was there in 30 seconds, coming 100 miles an hour with no headlights on. So they were there super fast. They were there super fast. So for two weeks in the hospital or whatever, like 11 days, whatever, I'm thinking my chain gone. Mm. So the detectives give us the paperwork or whatever the fuck, or the police, like, you know, all my belongings, because they cut me naked. When the police was like, where you hit? I was like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So they cut me naked in the middle of the street. Mm. So my wallet, my phone, like everything in my pockets, like all that goes into like belongings. You know what I'm saying? Right. I have 15K in my pocket. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So um, when I finally get the list of shit back, it's my chain and my pendant is written on that shit. So they ain't even get my chain. 
the police got it. You know what I'm saying? In the end of the day. So that shit was like. So they did all this and they didn't get anything out of you. 26 shots wow. is what the police said was fired. And I was hit with a 50 cal in my arm multiple times. And I guess it was a nine millimeter or some shit like that in my stomach and back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just so mind blowing that like a, that people would be willing to do this just to try to get a chain or, or whatever it was. Yeah, sure. And that B that it could go that wrong. And it's like, Talk about a botch robbery. That's what I'm saying. When you picture somebody robbing somebody, you just picture them like doing the least amount of violence that they need to do in order to get whatever they're trying to get. And this is the like last firing case scenario is 25 shooting. shots and they didn't get anything. It's kind yeah. of mind blowing. Are, are you saying they didn't get anything? Yeah, they didn't get shit. Wow. They didn't get shit. And like, yeah, I mean, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day. Right, but you, you, so you really had no enemies or anything? So Nothing, no th- clue. This is complete mystery to you complete who this mystery. could have been. Complete mystery. It's just the same shit they always hear about people getting robbed by Beverly Hills, whatever, anybody with a chain getting ran down on, et cetera, huh? Yep. Does it make you think differently about how you move around? Like, I mean, in terms of, you know, like uh, having that much jewelry on and stuff, it seems like it's kind of a yeah, liability. It's not a, you know, that shit, especially in the in the tension in L.A., as you know, all the shit that's been going on. Right. A lot of people have been killed and robbed recently. Mm. It's actually, it seems like a, a like something that's going on right now. Like a lot of people are like, nah, we just finna kill them and take it or whatever. Right. And so far, all these different times since this happened to me, they got shot less than half as many times as me mm. and died. Wow. So it was really a miracle and... um you know, speaking of miracles, like I spoke to God, like like myself, and I don't expect nobody in the world to ever understand it unless they've been through a near death experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? But on some real shit, I spoke to him, my motherfucking self. What was the conversation like? It was more of feeling mm. than a conversation, but it was like ascend, and he. It wasn't sad. It wasn't funerals. It was beautiful. Like, come with me. And like my shit, my hair standing up, even even talking about it. But it's like, it was like it was not sad. It wasn't death. It was like join, like ascend, join me, mm. or music. It wasn't go home and be normal. It wasn't go back and just fuck off again. It was like you can have your dreams. Like personally, me to him, he told me everything I ever wanted and all my dreams. This shit can make me cry, dog, for real. Anything I ever wanted is on a silver platter, bro. All I got to do is work for it and go get it, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that was the, really the, uh, I don't want to say conversation, but that was the, uh, that was the deal. Right. He would allow me to, to live and go and do what I wanted to do, but I have to work and I have to be, you know, I have to be on point and I have to really grind for it. And it's all, it's already been written. So you're feeling that like, oh, you need to focus on your art and your your career and shit like that. That was the feeling that God was kind of giving to you. Not kind of. That was the only option. Damn. It was music and your dreams because, you know, airheads and my weed shit, like all that shit is cool. But that's not me. I've been rapping since I was 10 years old. Right. Songs recorded like I'm. this is really my dream. Like this is like the weed shit helps to, you know, what I'm saying fund the dream. But at a certain point. You get so up that you forget about the music shit. And I'm not saying that I've done that, but I know that that's been a a, a thing that a lot of people in, in history, like my, my dad, for example, you know, like he was way up back in the 70s and he was a guitar player. He's like, at any moment, I could have spent 100K 
and motherfucking put my career into out of here in the 70s. But he's like, no, like you get so up at a certain point, you're like, like I'm I'm this, I'm that. Like you don't gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't gotta focus as much when you start getting a bunch of money and like, and that's not the case. That's not how it's supposed to be. When it's you just, think about like everybody who's gotten really rich off of music, it's like sometimes you have artists who make a lot of money from music itself, but almost always with Dr. Dre, it's the headphones, with Kanye, it's shoes and clothing. Yeah, it's the like music is the pla the platform to get you out in front of the world. Yeah, because I mean, even as a YouTuber, like the most money that we make isn't gonna be from the YouTube videos. It's gonna be from some product that we make like if like if we had like you see nug boys they got that happy dad seltzer yeah i mean charging people a dollar or two dollars per fucking aluminum can is a way better business than being like oh hey pay me one cent to watch a fucking youtube video <laughs> like that takes a yeah. lot more people to make yeah. a decent amount of money you know but um that's uh, something that you're really good at too with the uh the Kendama? The Kendama, my cameraman, my boy, Dada Creative. <laughs> okay. He's a genius on that shit, too. And, uh, nice. I know you got all BMX bikes and all types of shit, so. I feel like we're still looking for that product that's just so viral that everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody the, who the, fucks with the channel has to have it. Yeah. I don't know how you get there exactly. But the weed seems like a good idea. The weed is a great idea. Um, so, it goes viral, you know? Like, right. people coast to coast is fucking with the Airheads major. Because when I met you, it was with <laughs> Desto Dub. In the studio, right? A long time ago. I was just rolling around with him. I don't know. We were on some kind of lean mission or something. And we he just... came to my studio. Right. And I remember walking in, and I remember just seeing your face, and your eyes just got real big for a second. You're like, whoa. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I'm here. Because I never yeah. go to studios. Yeah. And so I never, like, think about how people are going to act towards me. Yeah. And I just, like, you you were cool about it, but I just saw it in your eyes. Like, oh, shit. People really do not expect me to be pulling up to their studios. Yeah. And that was, like, <laughs> 26. 17 yeah maybe 2018 something something like that yeah. it was it was at the i know that i know that uh no jumper was just starting to uh to take off at that point like it right. wasn't like how it is now okay you know it's true yeah. yeah but uh okay so where are you from originally and and how did tell me a little bit about your early days i am from the san fernando valley the 818 born and raised in north hollywood mm. on magnolia um i went to van nuys middle school um, I've been back and forth from Van Nuys to uh, North Hollywood as far as living my whole life. I could never tell you the difference. Like if I'm in Van Nuys or North Hollywood, I have yeah, no, no idea. Just, it, it just it all blends. <laughs> in. Sherman Oaks, all yeah. these fucking towns are just kind of yeah. super similar around that area for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm from the Valley all the way, but um, my parents uh, are in the music industry. My mom's a, bi a business manager for entertainment, mm. and she's done a lot. Um, my dad was a guitar or is a guitar player. And um, back in the day, you know, he did the soundtrack for Pulp Fiction and he's, he did some uh, really dope shit in his day for sure. Um, still a genius with the music. So I was brought I was brought up in a music family for sure. Not rich by any means. We grew up in the hood all the way. Mm. You know, the music industry doesn't, uh, you know, pay it unless all the business is very good. You mm. know, the, all your business has to be very good to uh, make some money in the industry. But so you were getting but exposed to the music industry through your parents? I was born in a guitar case. Like, my dad say that all the time. There's pictures of me. The first day home, my dad put me in the red velvet fluffy guitar case. Wow. And I got pictures of me just, yeah, first day home from the hospital in a guitar case. So, uh -huh. in the studio. What's your earliest memories of music, though? Were you just, like, around the house seeing people record? Were you, like, they're taking to concerts and shit like that? or? Um, My dad... I was probably seven, six or seven, and he had a song, and he uh, put me on it, 
just to say, he was just like, say a couple words. It's my day today. Let's go. Hey, hey, yo, yo. And I was seven, <laughs> you know? So, and that was in the, um, as a matter of fact, I'm, I grew up in music to the point where I slept in the same bed as my parents for until I was seven or eight years old because the second bedroom in the apartment was a studio for my dad. You get what I'm saying? I slept on the floor at times because I ain't want to do that. When I started turning older, I was like, nah, I need to, you know what I'm saying? Because we was in a small-ass little apartment. Right. But one of the rooms had to be a studio. <laughs> so fast forward, um, I was like 17 years old, um, and I went to this Tech 9 <laughs> concert at the uh, House of Blues on Sunset, rest in peace. Tech 9. Yeah, I'm major. Uh, so you knew about the underground rap scene as well. Man, I'm a motherfucking juggalo. And that's <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk to you about is that when I saw you do that ICP interview with your face painted with the Ringmaster <laughs> shirt, I got that shirt, that the Ringmaster. I forgot I, did I got that. it tatted yeah. on my shoulders, bro. Oh, really? I got the Ringmaster tatted on me, man. My boy. I grew up a real deal juggalo. And you said that you've been uh, exposed since 97 in yep. the interview. I was born in 96. Oh, wow. So. You know, I so got, you, you you became a juggalo or started associating with that at like what age? Probably 10, 11. Really? I got the Lotus, Dark Lotus Cross and the ring, all these tattoos I got when I was like 11 or 12. Well, ICP was kind of lit around that time because that's when like uh, I, uh, Vice put out that documentary about yeah. them, which I felt like that was kind of the moment where everybody started to really actually understand the juggalo subculture. Yeah. And it's like it was something that would never was understood, you know. Um, but I go to the gathering of the juggalos every year. Every year, holy I've shit. I've never performed. I've never tried to perform. Wow. I mean, I've been to the last five, and then I went back then when I was a kid. But I don't ever try to perform. Like, I, that's my four days out of the year that I go and do all the drugs I want. That's Because I, I don't do no like, drugs. you got to do a lot of drugs there, All right? I do is smoke weed. I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> I don't drink lean. Like, none of that shit. Like, I'll hit the homie's cup okay. type shit. But, like, I've never, like, I'm from the valley, bro. I'm from the motherfucking... All my homies died on heroin and fentanyl growing up. Mm -hmm. I don't have any day ones. Really? All my homies is dead, bro. All the juggalos and all my homies I grew up with, heroin's a big problem in the Valley in L.A., especially back then. You know what I'm saying? Is it, so, it, you don't think it's worse now? Because everybody talks about the fentanyl. Like, that made the whole thing so much worse. Here's the thing. I'm not in the streets, in the trap houses, selling dope like I was when I was 13 getting tattoos. Like, right. I'm not. So I'm not as aware yeah, I'm not going to make any like new heroin addict friends in my life, but there's definitely a chance that somebody I knew back in the day could yeah. become a heroin addict. So you kind of lose track of like what people are getting fucked up on at a certain point, right? Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I just wanted to pay my respect to you about that interview and painting your face because actually when I saw that, I was like, man, that's a boy Adam is because I feel like those dudes are actually like my friends basically because I've interviewed them enough times and like I've hung out with them like three times. Yeah. I'm actually I mean, working shit. on a record with them right now. That's a, it's a bucket list thing that I just, you know. Really? I reached out to them uh, through the boy DJ Clay, who's their DJ. Okay. And, you know, I sent them all the all the articles and Hollywood Unlocked and World Star and everything that had posted me. Right. And, they, you know, they know I'm a juggalo, and I, I don't know how many other juggalos in the world have done what I've done. Right. And got to the point. I'm not no active, like, in the streets running around <laughs> juggalo. Like, right. you wouldn't know looking at me. Right. But, and that, but that doesn't matter. You get what I'm saying? There was a town but, in New Hampshire where I grew up where that was the legacy. It was like, oh, the, the jocks and the juggalos have, yeah. like, a crazy beef. I don't know if people were getting killed, but definitely they were beating the fuck out of each out other. Out here, it was with the skinheads. And, skinheads versus juggalos? And the white power. You know, because juggalos is... is multicultural. Multicultural. Yeah. But mostly white, right? I mean, it just depends where you go. Like the homies in Bell Gardens and Compton, they're all Mexican. 
Yo, and that's they crazy. All black. Imagine being a skinhead and then just beefing with like another subculture that's mostly white dudes. Like, especially yeah. in LA, if you're a well, skinhead, we just against racism all the way. Right. If yeah, you know about us, we like yeah. that's like the biggest thing is bigotry and fuck your rebel flag. Like right. that we like we've been against the motherfucking Confederate flag mm. way before it was viral. That song came out in '92. Right. You know. So, um, but to move on, um, because I know you was asking about my upbringing. Right, right. I went to that Tech Nine tour, and I was already all the way rapping and doing shows at seventeen and trying to really make it. You know, all book booking to open for people and all that shit with the X's X'd on my hands to get in the venue. So, um, I I had met this dude named Five Mikes, mm-hmm. uh, who was, I know him. which you know, which is around Grand Hustle and yeah, Ti, yeah, yeah. and um, I was seventeen. And he took me to Atlanta, and um, I got a record deal with B.O.B. Oh, wow. Um, and I was with them for about two years. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was the flat earth shit that, that like, <laughs> I don't know, like, Basically, That's like the first thing that comes to mind when I think about him for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was the first rapper that you heard talking about some crazy conspiracy theories. Now that now they all do it. And I'm a real conspiracy theorist, but I can't get down with the flat earth because <laughs> yeah. they say... Space doesn't exist. Flat Earth is the first conspiracy theory that you find out about and then you are able to like easily disprove it. Yeah, I'm such a big alien believer. Right. So when they say that space doesn't exist, I'm all the way, (laughs) I can't get down with it because you're telling me that my whole belief in aliens is. (laughs) But um, so he kind of like let go all of his artists, you know, like he's like on his own shit. Like the the, uh, label No Genre Uh was B.O.B.'s label. Um. But I was in Atlanta. I've spent, you know, on and off for the last, since I was 17. I'm 25 right now. Um, so, yeah, I've been on and off for the last eight years. I had a condo in Atlanta. Um, been around uh, Grand Hustle for a long time. Shot to God is my brother, one of my best friends right, in I my see, whole entire I see life. I've doing music with him because he's been around doing shit in Atlanta for a long ass time. We've always been that's listening a, to him. That's a legend and one of the realest people I've ever met in my life. One really? of the most loyal trustworthy like that's the guy right there shot the god is a legend and he deserves much more than i mean he has everything that he could ever want right but as far as like fame we we putting that together right now mm. he's out of here like interesting so like okay you sign with bob and then what he just like lets you go at some point but then you're still kind of floating around in atlanta and doing stuff with with I've grand been, hustle i've been around grand hustle um and if you know about you know shod and uh Wee Roscoe and then and them together, they kind of helped the situation. They introduced Thug the Birdman. You right. know what I'm saying? So not, I've been around Grand Hustle and YSL w- with Shad and like for a long time to where the point where both camps, like top to bottom, like I know everybody in the whole camps. Right. And that's my people's, you know? So um But so what are you doing when you're around these these camps? Cause it's like this is it is it hard to like really let your music shine when you got all these big artists who are basically recording in front of you and it's it's yeah, hard it's, to know what when to find your spot when to even be able to record or yeah you know like obviously studio etiquette is a major thing mm. when you're around a celebrity but you know Shad is such a legend and he don't bring nobody around to the point if Shad bring you in mm. like there's no question because you can't even get in the same room with Thug without you get what I'm saying? Like, if mm. someone if someone very important didn't bring you there, you're not going to be in the same room with Thug. And, like, you know, we've been around Gunna and Wheezy since the very, very beginning, since, you know, before anything, before any buzz or anything, you know? Right. So, uh, definitely Free the Boys. 
free gunner you know I, I, we watched that whole shit happen mm. you know what i'm saying so so is that how you met dub is through the ysl type thing no um i was just assumed you were a lean head because you were hanging out with dub yeah man ain't that ain't that some <laughs> shit it's this power of influence you know yeah. um definitely not i've never been addicted to any drugs because i've watched my homies all my homies always been much older than me so like when i say my homies they overdosed and shit like i was 11 kicking it with 20 and 30 year olds you know so when i watched them get into drugs i didn't become friends with them as a kid as heroin addicts right we was all smoking weed right but when they became addicts and got on meth and all these different drugs i was 11 still mm -hmm. i was like y'all scaring me like we sell it right you know what i'm saying y'all getting strung out and shit and i don't want to try that shit at all i like weed right we smoking out of bongs and pipes back then right um but uh Desto, man, it's been so long after to really think about how the fuck I met him. Um the awful lot of cough syrup shit I was just starting. Like mm -hmm. I I was getting hoodies for forty, fifty dollars. Right. What yeah. are they now? I think like two fifty. Man. Making me feel bad about never paying for one. Fuck. I got like five million of them, but yeah, I got damn, a museum, I, would, I always try to pay when I go in there and then they're like, No, 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 it's fine, just take the bag. Damn. Yeah, man. My boy caking up. I gotta start selling hoodies for two hundred fifty bucks. Anyway, um, okay, so, but like musically, like when when you say you sort of cracked out of the juggalo mold, if that's accurate. When I went to Atlanta uh, at seventeen, but like probably like fifteen, I got sent away. Like, uh, you know, when the school district sends you to placement mm -hmm. or whatever it's called, I got sent to Utah, and when I came back, like, I just wasn't like, I wasn't wearing all the hatchet mans and like none of that shit like i was trying to be a rapper right you get what i'm saying that in was atlanta like, rocking that they'll probably be looking at you crazy right looking at, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a it's a, a culture mm. that it doesn't have to be blared out like a lot of people love doing that like i like being me and i like dressing like how i like to dress and part of being a juggalo is accepting all that right you can't not tell nobody that you are not it's crazy because we have a dude who works here who I'm pretty sure has like all the hatchet men tattooed all over him too, and he just keeps it kind of low key. Oh my god, he's right there. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Another low key juggalo, man. That's funny. Like, you know, and I remember I went to ICP show in downtown LA, and I just seen like hella people with that that shit, like mad hatchet men and like all yeah. the the Riddler cards or whatever the fuck it was. All I pull over up him. like this when I go. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm important in the culture too because it's. It's not my everyday thing, you know what I'm saying? So, right. in the end of the day, it's like, uh, it's just what I love. Right. And you can't take it. It makes me feel like a child again when I go to the gathering and shit like that. And then it's, the second I leave, it's right back to work. Right. Um, But, uh, yeah, like, being around celebrities, like, you, you, especially musicians, like, you have to know when the right time and to... Mm. You know, but I don't really have to do that when I'm with Shot. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, he believes in me 100% to even be around me and bring me because he has tons of homies. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's that, you know? Um, but, yeah, the music shit is everything. That's the only thing that matters, bro. Yeah. That's, that's I'm an artist at heart, like, since the day, since day one. Like, it's been, a, it's been destined for me at this point. Do you feel like you've seen yourself get dramatically better over the last few years because i was definitely listening to newer stuff and like remembering and, and listening to some of the older stuff and yeah, been like yeah, sure. i could definitely hear how you've been grinding there's been a I lot think, of growth i think every song i make is better and better and the music that i got right now that's not out is crazy i have real like radio hits pop records rock records 
Like I have some, like I am a musician. I grew up in a music family. Like I rap and hip hop is my culture, mm. but I'm wacko. What does wacko mean? It means all over the place. It means crazy. Like I'm not bound to making one style of music. And I'm also the kid. And this is also my motherfucking brother that just walked in the building. My brother, Desto Doug, man. What's going on? My boy, how you living? We, <laughs> we was just sitting here talking about you, man. We just talking shit about you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no. Hey, I said that I thought that he had to be a lean head because he was hanging out with you back in the day. No, no, no. Solid dude. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, we, we're gonna get you on camera a little bit more in a sec, but um, man, I don't know. It's like Santa Claus just walked in the room when he comes in. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be done soon. We can do that drop off. Um, <laughs> what a guy. Um, Love that stuff. Fuck, where were we? Oh, okay. One question I really wanted to ask is just coming up as a white dude, being a rapper. I mean, I see how it is definitely a thing being involved in hip hop in any way, like even as a podcaster, even though people probably like think it's kind of normal to see a white podcaster, even in rap as an artist, how different do you think that it is trying to get people to take you serious when you're coming in the game Caucasian? All right. Well, first of all, I want to explain this. There is white there is white boys that black folks like, and then there is white boys that are a part of the culture. Right. Like nobody can tell me, like I've been on foot in every project from here to New York to Atlanta to Chicago. I'm really a part of the culture. Like I am not like a white boy that's one foot in, one foot out. Like I I, I tell this joke all the time. Like when uh the homies be like, yeah, when we get pulled over, you're going to be straight if we in the middle of nowhere, like driving through the <laughs> south and shit. I'm like, no, they're going to lynch me first. They're going to look at me and be like, you fucking traitor. You know what I'm saying? So, you ever had that happen? Never. You never got pulled over like down south or whatever and the cop acts weirder to you because you're with a bunch of black dudes? Yeah. I mean, if they're racist, for sure, they're going to look at me and be like, boy, you better pull your pants up. See, down south is when you get to see the real in-your-face racism. Like, I grew up on the East Coast, and I I, I saw a bunch of subtle racism, but I didn't really see it, like, in my face until I was older and went down south. I'll tell you this. I agree, but I also don't agree because I've never seen anybody in Atlanta with swastika tattoos and real skinheads. But they got that out here. In L.A., (laughs) they're all—I see them all the time. Really? Because I seen one guy with a swastika on his head in Huntington Beach one time. And I hear, I hear that that's like a thing down there, that that's kind of where they tend to congregate is in the O.C. Man, and they, shit. They ain't no, con, man, San Fernando Valley, L.A., you name it. They're, really? They're all over the place. I would I, trip I see, out. If I saw a skinhead walking down the street, I would be like, oh, I'd be like I saw King Kong walking down the street. I would flip out. I, I see them all the time, you know? So racism is like alive and well. Like no one can tell me that. Like if there's people running around, with crazy ass racist tattoos, you can't right. You can't deny it. You know what I'm saying? And I've, just, you I've up... just never seen that in Atlanta. Right. I've seen that in Los Angeles in the streets and and, and uh but um Yeah, if you were a militant white power guy, you probably don't want to be hanging out in like downtown Atlanta. It's like all yeah. black people and gay dudes. But, <laughs> but also to get back to the point of like being uh Caucasian in a right in hip hop is I've only seen it in a couple comments. No one has ever like not I rap my ass off, you know mm. what I'm saying? And I make good music and I come around with solid people. Right. I'm not coming in the room unless I was referred or coming with somebody that I know is a motherfucking legend, bro. Mm. So that's my main thing. Like I learned that very young. Like 
if if you with the wrong person and you know they weird, I don't care if they're like, I mean, it, it, you got to, you know, weigh the situations, but I don't want to be introduced to Kanye West by somebody that I think is squirrely. Mm. You get what I'm saying? You want to be introduced by somebody that's a legend. That's true. Cause like I've been around Kanye this is back in the day before I kind of made it clear that I didn't always care for some of the things he's done, but I, I was around Kanye and it's like, people are acting like I'm supposed to walk up to him and say, hi. I'm not walking. I'm just saying hi. Now, if I'm with somebody who knows him and wants to say, hey, this is Adam. He got the best podcast in the whole world. Cool. Yeah. I, I, that happened with me with Cameron. I'm with Ben Baller. I probably wouldn't have walked over and said, what up to Cameron? If he wasn't with Ben I'm Baller. I'm with Ben yeah. Baller. Ben Baller walks me right up to him and <laughs> says, this is Adam. He got the best podcast. Whatever. That was a cool way to meet him. But yeah. it is kind of weird when you feel like a, a in a thirsty environment, especially where it's all fans. Yeah. And you kind of know you're going to just get lumped in with the fans. And you, you don't really want that introduction. You'd, you'd prefer to get Not highlighted. At all. You know? Or I don't even care if the dude's friends. Like everyone has some friends that are like, you know. A little, I'm not talking about business partners and people that be a, a part of the business, but everyone has a couple friends that you know are just kind of flaky and like mm. I want to be introduced by the by the man, right? You know where it's automatic love, like and that's what like situation with Thug and and Tip and all these people like that, that you can't even get around, mm. but because of Shad bringing me there, you get what I'm saying? Because of Desto bringing me there, because of whoever it is that may introduce me, I'm automatically family. No one can say anything about my word not being true or nothing like that. Like, yeah. I'm solid as it gets when you get introduced like that. That is true. And honestly, like, even being being around Thug and Gunna and shit, a lot of that was because of Dub. And, like, when I interviewed Thug, it's because Juice World basically walked up to him and said, hey, it's my boy Adam. You should do an interview with him. Yeah. You know, it's like that cosign. It's everything. Especially if you're yeah. young Thug. And it's like, I mean, I don't know how Thug was living his life, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't sit around watching YouTube interviews all day, you know? Like yeah. he's he's the fucking man. He's allowed to like not really pay attention to what's going on in the yeah. hip hop media. So I'm not yeah. necessarily surprised if he doesn't necessarily know yeah, all about. That motherfucker move you know? a million miles an hour and has exactly, a yeah. hundred things to do every day. So yeah. So so how'd you feel when the YSL Rico came down? Man, that's really sad, bro. Because I just know that Gunna and and Thug like they just really 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 good people, bro. Like they're loving people. Like I've seen them put on the whole motherfucking block. Mm. Their whole, everyone around them is on. Everyone on there, everyone around the crew, whether they signed or not, is bust down. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and well taken care of. Mm. Living lifestyles that, you know, otherwise nobody would be living. So yeah. if anybody's telling or any of that shit, it's like, it just blows me that, you know. Definitely. Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully all that shit gets squared away for sure. Um, okay, but in terms of, Oh yeah, one one last question about being a white rapper. Did you ever say the N word in your prior Never. life? Never. I don't do that. I don't Respect. do that shit. I don't do that shit. It's probably a good way to make it's everybody like you as well. <laughs> it's disrespectful. Right. Straight up. People a rapper's gonna respect you for knowing your place and knowing who yeah. you are. You know? Yeah. And if you're out here saying the N word as a white guy, it's like I agree with Joe Budden years ago. Right. When he told Yellow Wolf that he is a guest in the culture. Mm. I didn't necessarily like like how it was said in spite. Right. But I agree. Hip hop culture, we know where it comes from. Mm. Period. There's no there's no denying it. There's no nothing like if you are white and you are loved in hip hop culture and more importantly, if you are white and you are loved in black culture, mm. you are blessed and you are a, a guest. You're blessed and a guest. Right. Period. I remember one time Vlad asked me that in an interview. He said, are white people guests in hip-hop? And I, I didn't really know what to say. 
And he goes, well, I'll put it like this. It's like, would you walk into somebody's house that you didn't know that well and put your feet up on the, on the table? I'm like, no. He's like, why? I'm like, because you're a guest. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't walk you know? up and put your feet on the fucking table, it's, you know, it's if also you're not 100% like, solidified, right? Yeah, no, 100%. It's also 2022, though, and there's rappers in Korea, Japan, South America, Mexico. Mm. Like, hip-hop is so, like, I've seen, like, dope DOD is from the Netherlands and, like, all these different rappers. And, you know, so it's 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 expanded past the point of, like, like that real girl, like it's like it's, but it is black culture, period. Like that's unarguably like a fact. Like, like, like somebody like Jack Harlow is someone who realistically I think could be a gigantic artist and never really interact with like mainstream rap culture if he didn't want to. Yeah. But then I look at him fucking with ESTG and it just immediately makes me regard him a certain way of like yeah. oh you're really fucking with like the most yeah. up and coming street and that artists. video was crazy bro. Yeah, i yeah, thought yeah. that shit was so tight yeah and i mean but he's been fucking with him for a long time and he's like estg even told me that they, like he jack had like really looked out for him in some pretty unique yeah. ways you guys can go check that clip out but you know like that that oh, I yeah th they're both from kentucky if, right? you, if you have the yeah if you have the option of being a rapper and really engaging with the culture and fucking with it and showing that you got love for it versus like just basically being like, nah, I'm just this white guy who's gonna do my own thing and I don't need y'all. Like, you yeah. should you should definitely probably if you want to be loved, you should err on the side of fucking with people, right? You have no choice. Like that's lame. That's so lame to just come in a, a culture that that is not yours mm. and not fuck with the people and just be like, like hell no. Like you have to fuck with the people. You have to touch the people. Like. First things first, when I left L.A., I couldn't wait to get up out of L.A. as far as, like, because I was doing all these shows, opening for people, Lost Globos all the time, like, all these small venues. Mm -hmm. And when I had the chance to go to Atlanta and New York and all these places, like, like I'm rapping on the street in the projects, in Baisley, in Queens, like, in Brooklyn, and you know what I'm saying? Like, Park Place, all these legendary places. Biggie from, like, First Things First with, with, with the boy Five Mics. I'm rapping on the corner. So you weren't scared to just pull up and spit? Absolutely not. Like, that was my shit. When I was younger, I was very, very, very much into underground hip-hop. Right. Like, Tech 9 is one of my favorite artists of all time. Like, I think he's an absolute genius. Like, mm. we talked about ICP. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I came up on underground hip-hop. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when I went to Atlanta... And B.O.B. and they just liked like how I rap. They just liked like how it's immediate and like how it was like how when I was really into the underground shit, you know. So I remember looking at being 17, looking at Bob like, what kind of belt is that? And he was like, it's a Gucci belt with the double G's. I'm like, like I've come from nothing. Like I don't know what the fuck a Gucci belt was, even with the tan, the most obvious Gucci belt in the world. This is also 2015. Or 2014. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, coming from what I come from, I didn't even know what the fuck that was. Right. So, like, um, what I was saying is, uh, yeah, you know, absorbing the culture, like, that was everything to me. Like, I, that was so much everything to me, especially coming from the juggalo culture. It's like, I, all I care about is black culture. Mm. All my friends, well, I have a bunch of white friends too. I have a bunch of Filipino friends and a bunch of Hispanic, Latino friends. But I'm just saying like black culture means everything to me. And if I've never said that, that's, that's from the heart, you know? Right. Like that, like it doesn't get more obvious to me. You Definitely. know what I'm saying? Like I, like I love black music. I love black culture. I love black people. It's, it's absolutely everything to me.
the show. Um, okay, so th- what's it been like having this be such a high-profile robbery thing? It's all in the news. There's, like, news segments about you and stuff. Titles, like, North Hollywood rapper shot. You know, like, all of a sudden you're, like, Bro, it's a, there's California rapper. Yeah, L.A. rapper. And I am an L.A. rapper, but I'm I'm also a fucking artist. And um, in a second, I want to touch back on the pop and rock records and the other genres, what I was saying. Okay. But, um, you know, it's been very high profile. Everybody's seen that shit. There's kids in Germany that have to do English class a whole, like, essays on me. There's people in London. This shit went worldwide. It's way, it's way, way, way crazy. Why do you think it got so big? When, when this is, like, a situation that, you know, sad to say, it's not people that uncommon in L.A. Yeah. I mean... You know, um, I want to say it helps to be verified mm. on Instagram. And, like, to be straight up flat honest is probably because I'm white. Mm. You know, and I'm not afraid at all with any of that. Like, I'm a, I'm a, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm all the way with the culture. And people get shot every day in the hood, and they don't even make the news. Right. You get what I'm saying? So it's like. They make, they don't make, you know how to fuck, you know how the fucked up news is? Yeah. Like, they only going to make the story about a white boy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care about the black culture at all, and we know that. Like, they don't, the media, all that shit, like, they just want views. That is fucking crazy, although there's probably a lot of truth to it. So how does it feel seeing something happen to, like, the 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 Sauce Walker craziness and then the PNB Rock shit? That's just, like, within the last couple weeks since you got shot. And someone else got killed and robbed in Encino the like a couple days ago. And right. just to be honest, like I'm absolutely blessed. I'm a walking miracle. And like every single one of them pers- people got shot less than half as many times as me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they all died. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. And it's and I I just have to take I just have to take it as a blessing in disguise because mm. that's that's all it is because my career is is out of here at this point. I got everything that you could ever want on a silver platter like God told me. So you've seen the socials going up a lot and everything as a result of this? Deals on the table. Really? Interviews lined up. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Travel, uh, a tour, um all types of shit. Like I'm, we got all types of shit in the works. Had you been doing meetings about signing leading up no. to this, or it no. hadn't really? You come know, around? labels want to want want a story. Yeah. No, but you can't name a, a white boy in hip hop history that just did what I did. Mm. That, and in in you know, in my history and and what I've done, like it just you got you got to bring up Fifty Cent. Mm. You got to bring up Tupac, for real. Like, I don't know who else. You know, what I'm saying the the boy Lonnie. BG Lonnie. Right. Like, 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 they, they he's a legend in Detroit. They call mm. him a legend, you know? So, in the end of the day, it's like. <laughs> if you want to watch a, some good dialogue, go watch me try to ask Lonnie about the shooting. He didn't want to say that. fully shuts it down so hard. It's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So, okay, you're considering the label shit, though? You, you think you're ready to, like, make that part of the plan? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I'm not, uh, you know, a lot of artists don't have a choice because, you know, they're coming from nothing. So they, they, they'll sign whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in a situation where I'm not struggling, you mm. know? So, yes, a, a label deal, even a single deal, you know, we're, we, 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 we know what we want, but we're open for uh, 
negotiation as far as like deals and shit like that. But um, we're independent, completely independent, and the shit's rolling and the money's coming in with the music already and all the streams is up and, you know, people like shit like this. As sad, you know, as sad mm-hmm. as it is, the world, you know, the world doesn't, uh, the news don't post the, the lady got a new goat. some random ass shit they don't do that all they post all day is just murders police chases you know what i'm saying like they don't (laughs) well they just want a a lot of negativity so somebody told me a long time ago if it's negative it's news if it's positive it's pr because realistically if you read an article about a lady who got a brand new goat probably she hired a pr firm to be like hey like i think you should draw attention to this lady and her new goat farm or whatever you know it's like i you you understand why people pay attention to the negative shit because it's just so much more that's a great point and that's great that is a very very good quote for sure but the the thing as a public persona is that you need to be able to like seize the negativity and somehow use it to your advantage yeah we're squeezing every bit of positivity out of this negative Mm -hmm. situation absolutely and um i was blessed that I got, you know, news of killed in critical condition, you know, CNN, Fox, ABC, you name it. Right. CBS, every single news station in the fucking world posted that shit, it seems like. Mm. And then when I made it, I had an in-person interview with CBS, then ABC, then motherfucking Fox 11, and you name it, you know. And um, each interview was on a different day, and it was about me surviving. Right. So I got both sides. I got the, you know, the negative and the positive. Right, because they were they were spinning it like you were dead in the beginning, right? A lot of them. Just as know. an observer, I kind of like got that idea pretty quick. I told my girl, I'm like, oh man, this dude wacko. I know. I think he might have got killed. You know, like I, I had almost like accepted it that that was the more likely outcome. Yeah, man, and everybody knows how honest, truthful, and just an all-out good person I am. That's why I've been blessed to make it this far. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't do shit to nobody except put people on and just, I give, give, give. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, God God was not, you know, I had the opportunity, mm. like I said, but he was not going to let me just go out like that. Right. You know? Um, Glad you held it down, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Me too. And it's just, I'm just ready to uh, get this shit on the road. So what's the next couple months or next year of your life look like in terms of how you're going to use this to sort of take make the music take off i mean i have a lot of shit to talk about in my music now Mm. a lot more shit that's a good point to talk about um i have management og hustle 818 i got uh you know uncle bub i got a whole team of management we got pr we got a lot of people helping us right now some really in the industry legend people that i've just been around for a long time right and you know prior to this you know, it's the music business. Like, we can be friends with the biggest people in the world, but there, if there's no reason for us to work because, like, I didn't I didn't have motion enough, then, you know, we're just friends forever. Right. And we don't ever do no business. But after this, it's kind of like everybody, uh, everybody reached out. You know, like, a lot of legends, a lot of people in the industry, and there's just a lot of people that are willing to help and are already helping put shit together because of, um, I'm going to call it an incident. Right. You know? Just a minor setback. Major, major, major comeback. <laughs> Wait till I get in this gym. A mere flesh wound. A mere flesh wound and a couple cool scars. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's we're, it. We're going to check out the scars in the vlog. Yeah. Just so that we can get a little more 
yeah, a, for a sure. close impression of that. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely show them off. I got, I still got the staples until Friday, so Crazy. I still look like Chucky for real with the red hair. They've been saying I look like Chucky forever, but now it's. <laughs> Man, I had this dude, uh, Doughboy, who's from, uh, not the Doughboy that you're thinking of, but Doughboy uh, from uh, San Bernardino. It's like a Mexican rapper, and he was in here the other day. He got shot up like a month ago. Same same thing, stomach fucking uh, sewn up. It's just scary, bro. Yeah, man. Way like, too common. When I was in the hospital, I was like, I don't even want to see it. Oof. Every time they opened it up, I was like, without, I was out for all the surgeries, but, you know, when they're cleaning it, I'm like, go ahead. I'm like, I'm good. Wow. I don't want to see nothing open. Crazy. Um, glad you made it, man. Yeah, me too. Glad to still have you with us. Absolutely, man. That shit is... Life is very special, man. That's a um, fact. The second I get the... Because I had a, a punctured lung. Oh, wow. Um, my my liver got lacerated, is what they say, which which means, I guess, like a small part. So they cut part of my liver out. And if you know about livers, you know, they'll grow back. Right. You're, you could have a liver the size of a quarter. They could cut... 90% of it out and it'll grow back. Wow. So, um, and they patched up my intestines because it went through my stomach and out my back. Right. So, um, I had the punctured lung. I'm good. Um, they wouldn't let you out the hospital without it being okay. And that's why I'm smoking. You know what I'm <laughs> I didn't even think about that with the smoking. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just waiting for the doctor to clear me for, for air travel. Mm. Cause you know, going 10,000 feet yeah. in the air. Stressful after, in your body. Yeah. It, after the lung, it could, you know, potentially recollapse or like we just gotta. I just have to go to the doctor again and get the X-ray and then be like, "You're good." But usually, it's two to three weeks. Right. And today marks three weeks since it happened. Are you in a lot of pain physically right now? Shout out to pain pills. I haven't felt anything. <laughs> the only pain that I felt is when I guess when they put me on ketamine when they uh, stapled it because I had to be awake uh-huh. for the staples. And I've never done ketamine before, but that shit had me in the pyramids, in outer space. It felt crazy? No, like literally, like I was <laughs> literally in Palm, like, uh, bro, I was in like the Mayan ruins. Wow. And then a split second later, I was watching the like the 300 war back in the day with fucking, you know what I'm saying? I was, you might have just that, sold me on ketamine. That sounds kind of sick. But it was injected, though. Oh. It was well, through hey, the IV. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was straight through the IVs. It wasn't the powder shit that everyone be doing. Yeah. But, um, hey, if I got to shoot I up some that, K, fuck it. Because I could open my eyes and see the ceiling of the hospital. Like, wow. I was aware. But the second I closed my eyes, bro, I was looking at dinosaurs and then you name it, bro. The Coliseum 3,000 years ago with people. It was, it was nuts. I felt that. But to be honest, the most pain that I felt this whole situation... Is when they have to rip the bandage off and it rips my hair off my arm. Oh, I, I, I know, right? <laughs> it's always like that. Getting tattooed, same thing when they fucking take that cold wipe and they fucking rip all the Bro, like, blood off. That's the only pain I felt. And I got 40 staples and open. Like right now, my arm is still like yesterday, the, the, the nurse that came to the crib uh-huh. opened it and it just automatically just started leaking blood. Like it's still this deep. What? But he's like, they spray it, clean the blood, and they're like, no, it's healing beautiful. Look at all the little shit. I I, actually, I can't show you that because that one's all the way okay. taped up. But I can show you all the the you know all the different fragments of bullets oh, wow. that stuck all up my arm. Well, hey, and, and I can show you the staples. I, hopefully, you make a smooth transition off of the pain pills at some oh, point. I, I refused <laughs> all opiates. Yeah. Okay. Because you already I already told you I'm not with that shit at all. I, they gave me like nerve pain. Okay. Thousand milligram Tylenol, thousand milligram Advil. Like, oh, so you're not even on like Norco's and shit right now? I, they gave me a whole pill, a whole jar of oxycodone. I ain't take it at not once. You want to sell it? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absolutely not. We'll uh, talk about it off camera. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll have him. What's uh, your uh, social media and shit for everybody who, who wants to tap in? I mean, I'm sure it's already been on the screen, but it's Wacko the Kid, W A K K O the Kid with two D's. Right. And, uh, you know, Wacko, what I was saying is that Wacko means all over the place. And I've been, I've been called Wacko since I was 12 years old. Like really? the teachers, my parents, like it's just Wacko from the Animaniacs. That's my shit. Wasn't and, there a wacko that was signed to Juvenile at one point? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. he, he had that he the Nolia clap. Wasn't that him? Yeah. I think so. He spells it differently. Yeah. Uh, shout out to him. How often do people, like, are people talking about, like, Wack 100 and you think they're talking about you or vice versa? Never, because he's Wack. <laughs> oh. Not like that. Like oh, okay, his yeah, name yeah, is Wack. Right, 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 right. His yeah. name is Wack. That's actually, you know what I'm saying, uh, family through other family. Like, oh, okay. he's from the Valley. So, regardless, regardless of any, you know, like, you know what I'm saying, like, I don't know him like that, but that's right. you know he's from the valley and that, he's a he's an OG, so that's that. Like I respect him one hundred percent for sure. Um, and I'm Wacko. Okay. And with the music, Wacko means all over the place. And the kid, kids can do whatever the fuck they want. Hmm. So I'm not bound to making one style of music. Right. I am hip hop culture, and that is me all the way. And I'm never, you know what I'm saying? I'm not into putting on latex boots and and, and pants and pink hair when I do a rock video. I'm, that's not me. You're not going like, MGK on him? No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I like his music. Oh, like, okay. he's dope to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that's just not me. Mm. And I don't do things that are not me. Right. So if I do a, a, a rock video or a pop song, it's still going to be Wacko the Kid. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's just it. Unless, unless, unless the video is playing dress up. Mm. And a lot of artists do that. <laughs> There's you know? a lot of artists dressing up like chicks these days, yeah. Shit, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? But if I got to dress up as a fireman, if I got to dress up, if we acting, like, I'm into whatever. Like, I'm not saying that I won't ever dress up like a fucking rock star. Mm. But I'm just saying that's not my thing to switch up and go, like, you know what I'm saying? Wacko and the kid both separately mean that I could do whatever the fuck I want. Kids, Kids are... A kid does whatever the fuck they want, and Wacko is all over the place. So that's just in regards to my music. When are you going to have a kid? And how will you explain to him that you are Wacko the kid and that you have a kid? To be honest, I'm so far away from uh, even thinking about that. I don't even, I do not want children. How old are you? I'm 25. Oh, shit. You're still young as fuck. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, my dad had me at 45. My dad's 70 right now, and I'm mm. 25. So I'm not saying I'm waiting until I'm 45, <coughs> but I'm waiting until I own a bunch of property and, and and a house and, you know, like I have, you know, I, I have everything <laughs> I want. I waited until I was 20, uh, 36. I think it was a pretty good idea. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down to wait until I'm in my 30s. Whatever happens, happens because, you know, God, you know, it's up to him. But Kid I'm will not, take a lot of energy out of you. Yeah, I'm I'm on the roll up. Yeah. When I'm all the way up and everything's good and I don't gotta think about shit and we can just sit on an island for months at a time and yeah, let's do that. Because that's where I, that. I wanna own an island. Mm. I wanna I want you know, I want houses everywhere, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like right. my goal is very high. I'm going for an island in the metaverse first. Yeah. Make some money, make some real bread in there. Just step one. <laughs> step one, right? Yeah. Fuck man. Appreciate you coming through. Uh yeah. everybody, go follow my boy. See what what he got coming up. I have a feeling it's going to be big, and I'm just glad you made it, man. 
Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that very much, man. The kid that did, yeah. album dropping soon. And I noticed that you took your serious, your security pretty serious coming in here, so I respect that too. Oh yeah, I'm not playing on, and I'm never getting shot again. Fuck that. And, and it's, yeah, man, absolutely. I'm moving absolutely correctly, and I'm from LA, and I know what comes with this. So, right, for sure. Respect, man. I appreciate you, Adam. Wacko the kid. Appreciate you, man. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, all that shit. Like, comment, subscribe, nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate y'all.